Welcome to Tita Talks. My name is Sonia Tita Popolo and I'm your host. It is a great privilege and pleasure to welcome back David Skinner from Ottawa, Canada. David is the president of the International Self-Care Foundation. He is passionate about self-care. For more than 30 years, he served as president of Consumer Health Products Canada and as a board director for the Global Self-Care Federation. And today, we're talking about the healing power of wellness, a self-care tool for you, and International Self-Care Day 2023. Welcome back to Tita Talks, David. My pleasure. Happy to be here. We're delighted that you're here. Self-care is defined as the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. It is the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, and maintain health. Good health, as you know, is our most prized possession that can generate a positive mindset of confidence, enthusiasm, strength, and joyfulness. One must take the necessary steps to improve their health and well-being. And we believe that living well is a necessity for every human being on the planet. That is 7.9 billion people. Some of the characteristics of self-care are being aware, kindness, the choices we make, attention we give, our priorities, community, and so forth. Can you tell us, David, what inspired you to become the president of the International Self-Care Foundation? Well, it, it's my inspiration must have come many decades ago. Um, I've been involved with uh, self-care since uh, about 1979. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started my career back then uh, advocating for self-care and advocating for people's ability to choose things that that they have available to them that are safe, effective, et cetera, and uh, will benefit their, their health. Not just in terms of addressing ailments that exist, but preventative care, a big, big feature. And, you know, as time goes by, the, the whole nature of self-care's value kept evolving and more information became available. And I was involved with a number of research studies that looked at, well, quite frankly, uh, all the aspects of the value of self-care to healthcare systems and individuals. Mm -hmm. um, that's, quite frankly, a, a very fascinating area for me. And so since my background was in research and then I managed to carry it through the rest of my career with a focus on self-care, it's been sort of a lifelong inspiration rather than, I never had an aha moment, I guess I more evolved than, uh, <laughs> than was a big day. Right, right. And the International Self-Care Foundation has developed the seven pillars of self-care. So let's talk about that. Can we walk through those seven pillars? The one, the knowledge and health literacy, right? Sure. Um, one of the things about the seven pillars of self-care is it fits in extremely well mm. with the totality of what people need to do to really optimize their ability to be well. Right. Um, certainly, there's an opportunity for people to focus on maybe one or two of these pillars. Mm. And that's always good. like you you know, the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. 
Right. And so when we look at the seven pillars, um, it's not really a coincidence that the first pillar is knowledge and health literacy. Yes. And because that is so fundamental hmm. to be able to apply all of the other self-care activities in your life, um, it really is that that front and center pillar. And by that, I mean, you know, health literacy. So we, we often talk, and, and IS talks about self-care literacy, and yeah. we know that there are many things that you can do to, to learn more about illness, about preventing illness, about staying healthy, and so on. Uh, but you don't have to do this journey on your own. Uh, self-care is not just for the self-carer, but also for the people that they care for, for other people that care for them. And the self-care literacy aspect is really understanding that you can go out and get help uh, in your self-care journey. You, you don't have to totally rely on yourself and, and don't be shy. So building that knowledge base about what you can do, how you can do it, what resources are available to you. You can always ask pharmacists for information, your family doctor, um, families, uh, members who have experienced similar things and, and maybe are, are embarking on a new healthy eating strategy. There are just many, many, many tools that enhance your knowledge and increase your self-care literacy. Mm. Yeah. That, that's kind of followed by uh, the second pillar is mental well-being. And in a post-COVID environment, mm. and we're, while we're not really totally post, we are um, yes. sort of geopolitically post, right. um, there is a real residue of mental uh, uneasiness. Mm. Uh, anything from severe anxiety to just minor um, mood disorders and so on. But mental well-being is pivotal to physical well-being. Yes. If you're not thinking in terms of how do I function well in society and with my family and so on, that, that whole mental aspect, then you're probably not going to be motivated to do things in other areas of self-care. Um, and so just a quick reflection back as to what we're looking at this year in terms of International Self-Care Day is yeah. we're going to be focusing on these first two pillars. And I'll talk a bit about that later. Okay, great. The, great. Third, the third pillar is one that, you know, immediately springs to mind uh, for people when they're talking about self-care and preventative care, and that's physical activity. Yeah. It's a bit scary for some so physical activity. Does that, what does that mean? Do I have to be a, become a you know a marathon runner? <laughs> no, no. In fact, uh, there's been plenty of studies that show that um, regular yes. physical activity of any intensity is better than none whatsoever. And so, for people that want to maintain sort of a healthy metabolism and, and good physical activity, it can mean something like just getting up and walking around for five minutes every hour or so. Don't sit at your desk all day long. Um, get out and take a little bit of fresh air in. Walking is one of the best uh, exercises you can do for cardiovascular and overall health. Um, you can support that with some light weight or resistance training and so on. And you don't have to do this for hours a day, you know, even just two, three times a week. So that whole notion of physical activity is it's it's pivotal in in all of the seven pillars. But you know, just like everything else, we say 
I don't overdo it. You know, it's the, the old adage that if a little is good, a lot is better. It's not always true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and that we apply it, just carry that, that thinking over to the healthy eating pillar. Yes. Um, you know, some people feel, well, I got to eat more healthy. And yeah. quite frankly, it's, it's just small steps you need to take towards eating the right balance of foods. And knowing sometimes you have uh, dietary allergies may prevent you from getting all the nutrients that you need, but you have self-care supplementing that is available to you to make sure that your overall intake of nutrients is well-balanced and, and, and good. Not, not overly caloric, but certainly we're not going to starve ourselves to death. Right. There, right. There's so much. Yeah. There's so many resources available for how to eat healthy and enjoy it. Yes. Uh, it should not be torture. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, we get so many benefits from the food we eat. Uh, it's the old uh, Greek uh, philosopher who said, you know, food is our best medicine. Yes. Um, Properties. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the fifth pillar is called risk avoidance. Yes. And, uh, you know, these are the things that you do so that you prevent further diseases and or accidents, et cetera. So, you know, a typical risk avoidance thing is, you know, wearing a motorcycle helmet when you're riding your motorcycle. Mm -hmm. um, but it goes much beyond that. I mean, tobacco use, uh, that's one uh, well-known cause of mortality and mor morbidity that can be avoided just that just eliminating that risk alone would right. immensely save lives right right and and you know the again with many things in in risk avoidance yes there are you know good benefits to kind of weaning yourself off so um you can't often just quit cold turkey for smoking but there are people that can help. There are programs that can help. There are products that can help. The overall intent here is to cut down on things that contribute to what, you know, WHO really focuses on non-communicable diseases. Right. And this lifestyle type diseases. Yes. Um, and this is what, you know, these last three pillars are really talking about. Activity, right. eating, risk avoidance. These are lifestyle um, issues where if you take good care in these areas, you're going to benefit immensely for cardiovascular, brain health. It it's, has an anti-aging effect. It, these pillars are fundamental to good life, good quality of life, and good longevity. Yes. Uh, the sixth pillar is good hygiene, and never before had then it was be so apparent to us than yeah. when we saw what happened with COVID-19. And, you know, good hygiene practices, hand washing, how, how you deal with your environment, um, clean um, areas for work and for food preparation and so on. A lot of um, things in the world are communicable diseases that are communicated through touch or proximity. Right. And a vast number of these kinds of airborne, uh, um, touch-borne uh, right. diseases can be eliminated uh, just with good hygiene. Right. And not, not you know, when I use good hygiene, I, I'm also including 
things like dental health. Oh, completely. Um, absolutely. your teeth. Yes. You know, this is one of the fundamental things. Yeah. And, and, and poor oral hygiene leads to other diseases. So, you know, just looking after your teeth, your mouth, your gums uh, can prevent a lot of these diseases. Even on, I wanted to mention, even on the um, the Apple Watch, um, you know, even when you're washing your hands, it tells you, oh, great job. You know, if you don't wash them long enough, it gives you like that 20 or 30 seconds to wash your hands so that people really know that it's not just this one minute, one second, uh, uh, put it under the water, <laughs> no soap. So it's really, uh, I just wanted to add that. I thought that was important. So yeah. Yeah, and you, you touch on on something that's very, um, I guess, very valuable and has a lot of potential yet to be realized, and that is the use of devices yeah. to assist us in our journey. Yeah. So you know, the obvious ones to spring to mind would be like the the smart watches, smartphones, and and those yeah. kinds of things. But there are also other di home diagnostic devices that can help you understand what you may be facing. Right. right. Um, certainly we all did home testing for COVID. Uh, yes. You know, with yes. the symptoms, nasal swab. The, I think 20 years ago, people thought we you could never trust an individual to be able to diagnose uh, the, themselves for COVID or for, or for any kind of viral infection. Yes, yeah. How times change. Right. And they change on the basis of improved technology. And, and we, we're kind of on the cusp of, you know, the, the future is very exciting, but maybe a little bit scary when you overlay AI onto uh, onto oh. existing diagnostics and so on. And, and the, the, you know, everything could come into play. It, it, they, these are good tools to expand the self-care opportunities for people. Yes. And using using these tools properly, indeed using the these diagnostic tools, other medical kinds of devices, uh, whether it's heart monitor uh, right. program, you've seen the digital, they'll do an instant uh, cardiogram, an electrocardiogram for you. Yes. Um, that and, and and taking the medicines that you're, you're using properly, don't exceed the doses, read the labels, all of those responsible use of medications and health interventions, that's right. the seventh pill. So taken as a whole all those seven components if you're if you're following all those seven components you're doing excellent um but i always say you know, again like earlier just start with something pick pick yes. a pillar that you feel most comfortable with yes get involved in that pillar and move forward from there add another one when you're ready i just love those seven pillars of self care that the self care international self care foundation espouses David, International Self-Care Day. It's celebrated, the I love this, the 24th of July each and every year and provides a focus and opportunity to raise the profile of healthy lifestyle and the seven uh, pillars, of course, and self-care programs around the world. The, the uh, 24th of July was picked because that date numerically is 24-7. Uh, yes. I love that. I love that. Yes. And Yes, and the and, and that was kind of the motto. You know, self care is a twenty four seven activity. Yes, um, it should be it mindful about it. it's an ongoing activity. It's not a yes. one shot deal. That's that was the uh, that was the inspiration for picking the date for International Self Care Day. 
Okay, so it, it, so the inspiration for picking, and also it's to promote that self-care is just a vital part of our foundation of our health and well-being, period. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and ISF is very grateful that the World Health Organization picked yeah. up on this, and the, the, the whole month of July is self-care month now. Oh, okay, wonderful. That's excellent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's certainly um, dedicating those kinds of things and having WHO support yes. those uh, initiatives gives a, a larger voice to self-care. So now that the World Health Organization has announced the self-care model, what's the theme? Is it self-care for all or? So glad you like that one because now we've added a little bit of a tag for that. Is it self-care oh. for all by 2030? Okay, great. It continues to be. That's wonderful. That would be the best gift that we give to humankind, right? Yes, and, and uh -huh. we're under no illusions that, you know, every, the world will be 100% self-caring and mutual caring and, and self-driven healthcare and so on all by 2030. But yes, it's yes. good to try and focus on building that momentum uh, so that everybody's singing from the same song sheet, at least by the late 2020s. Yeah, completely. That's great. I think self-care is also evolving to become more like social self-care, or rather what you had just previously referred to, how self-care may it may start with the individual, but it certainly affects your family, your friends, your community, and so forth, right? Exactly. It introduces more the self-carer. Yes aspect to this yes. and it, it 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 says okay that while self-care is often focused on the self-carer it yes. also affects those around them yes and it goes on to talk a bit more in details of how do we improve the environment for self-care right there's, there are many ways but aside from the number one way is for individuals to adopt it at their own level okay. um then it's, you know, what kind of barriers do they encounter when they, they go out to try and practice self-care in, in a mindful way? And then when we're talking about self-care, it's really preventative practices, right? It's yeah. Preventative just, practices. They're, they're basically, you have uh, mental and physical well-being. Yes. Uh, and emotional well-being. Although I, I usually put emotional a bit in between the mental and the physical. And, right. And, spiritual, right? Yeah. Um, the t take the totality of yourself. Yes. And then anything you do to care for it is by definition self-care. What do you think about social self-care? Self-care is a social uh, tool. It is a, it's a social being, so to speak. Yes. Um, you don't manage self-care on your own all the time. It's that is too isolationist. It's not going to optimize your ability to stay healthy in, in all respects. It is very much social. It's back to that, you're the self-carer, but it's not just you that you're caring about. You have other people to help, you can help others. That's just the definition of a social environment where self-care plays a predominant role in your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. The best way to describe the relationship between emotional intelligence and self-care? Well, okay, emotional intelligence, you know, from, from my perspective, the number yes. one asset for emotional intelligence is self-awareness. Yes. Yeah. You know, there, there are a number of things like uh, 
you know, self-regulation, uh, awareness of, of your social situation and conflict management and all those things that uh, emotional intelligence uh, covers. Yes. But our own self-awareness is the first step on that path to know how to build relationships with other people, but mostly how to build a positive relationship with your own psychological well-being and your own physical health. Yes. Um, it's it, And it's not just, quite frankly, just as a, an aside, it's not just dealing with your, your health-related uh, aspects. Um, having that self-awareness yes. uh, allows you to understand um, better how others perceive you. And when others perceive you in the, in the way you'd like to be perceived, through your awareness of what your positive and negative things are, you you can you can really work on on managing your own emotional intelligence and emotional well being. And this relates to the seven pillars, obviously, because yes. to be self aware, you have to take that first step of that journey. Is take a look at the seven pillars, pick one, you know, make a commitment to the first pillar of improving your self care knowledge, and the, and. And the first step in that is recognizing maybe you don't have as much knowledge as you would like to have. Right. Or if you're self-aware enough to know and you do have that knowledge, be aware of, okay, what are some of the other pillar aspects that I need to work on? Or can I help other people understand self-care better? Our philosophy is that true self-care relies on four pillars of a healthy lifestyle. It's completely in alignment with your seven pillars. And that's exercise, nutrition, rest, healing, and mindfulness meditation. And this is our formula for health, happiness, and longevity. When these four pillars are in alignment, we can achieve harmony and equilibrium. We asked you before, and I'll ask you today, what is your daily wellness routine and what self-care tools do you use? I started uh, mentioning this earlier, but, you know, good oral health in the, you know. Oh, absolutely. And evening is, is essential. Um, yeah. I do, I do day, on a daily basis, I, I probably do between 10 and 20,000 steps. Um, again, if we, we look at individualization, it, I live in Canada and quite frankly, sometimes in the peak of winter, it's hard to get in 20,000 steps because you, you can't even step outside for 10 seconds. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Summertime's much better. Uh, yes. you usually get in some fresh air and, and lots of steps so you kind of adjust you you move to an indoor facility you you, you right yeah you, you can use stairs in the house you can do a number of things but yeah. it's not uh necessary to you know s settle down and do a two-hour routine um just small you know five minute sets of activity throughout the day i try and do that get up and move around mm -hmm. um and so there's that. And on the, you know, the good nutrition side, you know, try and uh, I cook most of the meals. So try and make sure that it's reasonably well balanced and appeals yeah. to all palates and uh, and allergies and so on in the family. <laughs> yes. but, but also, um, you know, I do have some food allergies as well. So I do take some supplementation. Uh, my, my, my particular ones, I omega-3, um, a magnesium uh, supplement. Uh, some, uh, and some vitamin D and B12. Uh, I don't take the vitamin D in the summertime because I do get enough, you know, liquid <laughs> sunshine yeah. vitamin D, but yeah. in the winter months, you know. So again, 
being aware of your, you know, your environment uh, will right. kind of drive your behaviors around what kinds of things that you feel that you you will you will benefit from. Um, so it's again, I'm probably at the stage where I could do better on some pillars. Uh, I'm doing okay in others, and um, I at least if I sit down and think about it, I realize like like we talked about earlier, how many things you do as a normal part of your routine that you don't even think about. But right. they tend to be good self-care practices. That's great. You know, I'm so happy that you mentioned about the steps because I was thinking, I was looking at my the steps I did. And last week, I think it was like on a Thursday, I did 18,000 steps. And then on a Saturday, I did 18,000. And, and I want to mention, it wasn't on the treadmill or anything. That was just walking and moving like up and down the stairs, just like you're mentioning. So you can just be moving, right? <laughs> just that movement is so important. Yeah. yeah, just uh, just getting the blood flowing is, yeah. is a huge benefit. Just that right, just right there. It, it completely. I want to share an excerpt from my book, Sonia's Ring, 11 Ways to Heal Your Heart. Physical and spiritual well-being is necessary for life and growth. It is what helps to keep us alive, maintains and nourishes love, faith, hope, perseverance, compassion and kindness. All of this is available for you. So reach out and grab what is yours. Is there any particular message that you would like to make sure we communicate and share with our worldwide audience, David? Um, I'm gonna build a little bit on exactly what you were talking about, about uh, physical and spiritual well-being necessary for life and growth. I mean, a lot of times we think of ourselves as, you know, in these little day-type compartments and, you know, it becomes a bit of a struggle sometimes. We, we can't look past today. And if we do, it looks scary. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a real, real opportunity to, um, the more you make self-care a habit, the more confidence you feel uh, and the more you have the ability to kind of look forward and look forward to um, other times that things, if, if they're going poorly today, you've had the experience of how good a day can be. And so you can look forward to living some of those days again. And life is not a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> we yes. all have you know, hardships and so on. And yes. again, the more you practice self-care in both a, in, in physical, mental, emotional aspects of your life the more likely it is you're going to be able to ride those bumps so you know like a big ocean liner sits atop the wave crests and don't it doesn't move as much because it's got people had experience in designing those uh versus always you know being at the top or being at the bottom of the, of the wave it's uh you, you try and you know basically level out uh life's experience to make a much more um uh, satisfying physical mental and uh, emotional uh, experience. Yes. Wow. Is that so, so true? David, how important is self-care literacy as it relates to communicating this message to as many people possible? And what are you finding to be the best method to increase wellness and self-care literacy? I just wanted to ask you that before we... Sure. So self-care literacy is, it's one of those things that has it's not being well-defined historically, but we're getting yes. better at it. And it, it is really self-care self, self -care literacy 
to those who maybe are just encountering the term for the first time. Yes. They think it's all about, okay, well, then I guess I got to know how to, you know, treat my own whatever disease, like my own cardiovascular abnormal, abnorm abnormalities. Yes, yes. It, it's not. And, you know, self-care literacy in its simplest form is just knowing that there is self-care assistance available and then understanding to the first step is to go get it, go get it. Right. The tools that are essential, again, the communication tools that are essential, is to let people know that they're not alone, that they do have access to different kinds of self-care tools. Yes. Second part is the trickier part is how how and where to access good self-care advice. Right. Right. You know, it's got to be quality information. And I know there are efforts underway um, by several organizations to validate uh, information that's on the web, uh, give it sort of the seal of approval that right, you know, right. this information is is true and it's not just a commercial push for whatever. product or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of it is while a lot of what we talked about is, you know, self-directed healthcare or self-informed you know, healthcare. Right. Um, that emotional and spiritual side of it uh, sometimes gets overemphasized um, at the peril of the physical. Right. And other times the physical gets overemphasized at the peril of the emotional. So balance, that's the key to everything. I would say don't overdo any one thing, everything in moderation. So if we think that, you know, sometimes there's a, there is a perception that self-care is too self-indulgent, it's selfish, it's, right. you know, like you say, is, you know, is it really just take a bubble bath? Eh, it's not really yeah. self-care. Right. Yeah, well, it is because if that's what's helping calm you and bring you some, you know, stability in your emotional, spiritual moment, that is self-care. But it's not all of self-care. Completely. Yes. And, and it's not vacuous. It's not vacuous. It's not empty. It's not frivolous. Frivolous is the better term, right? Yeah. And that goes back to self-awareness. I mean, if you if you choose... Um, to a certain, you know, relaxation technique, yeah. uh, and you're doing it, and you're self-aware that I'm doing this because, you know, it'll help me emotionally, my mental health. That's that's great. Right. If it's if it's just a, I don't know, for a, some kind of physical pleasure, then that's your reward. Fine. I I just all all I'm saying is that self-care is a is a broad remit. No one part of it is better than the other. And to be self-care literate, you should have uh, avail yourself of all the possibilities. As we look around today, see that there's a much greater willingness and appreciation by people that to take charge of their own health more than just rely on somebody else to do everything for them. And that always bodes well for self-care. Yeah. Well, I think that there's also, there's there's more tools there's more tools available, more reliable tools, um, credible uh, tools yeah. available, digital health tools available. So then, then I think that also goes together with people's desire and need and interest and uh, and so forth to embrace those um, tools and techniques. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
Thank you for joining us on Tita Talks. Thank you for discussing the healing power of wellness, a self-care tool for you and International Self-Care Day 2023. For more information, please go to www.wellnessworldusa.com www.titatalks.com and follow us on Instagram at wellnessworldusa at titatalks official at we love titatalks and at Sonia titapopoulos and for more information about International Self Care Foundation then please go to www.isfglobal.org and follow them on Instagram at isfglobal. Thank you so much, David. All right, thanks.